Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Pastor Karen and I, we, we came from pretty heavy backgrounds, especially Pastor Karen. Pastor Karen is a good girl. Her name means pure one. I don't know how the world got a hold of it and made Karens and irritating middle-aged women or something. I don't know, but that's not Pastor Karen. But she was following two gurus. She was so hungry for God, but there was no one actually to bring her the genuine article. It just wasn't around. She had been in dead churches and knew that wasn't it. Dead religion will never set you free. Religion and tradition... <laughs> Religion and tradition won't set you free. It's got nothing to offer. It's a fig leaf. You know what a fig leaf is? Fig, fig leaf. Fig leaf syndrome. In the Garden of Eden, uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned and they made fig leaves to cover their nakedness. Religion is an attempt to cover your shame. Religion is an attempt to cover your nakedness. Religion is an attempt to cover your sin. But you can't cover your sin. Only God can cover your sin. How does he do that? By the blood of the lamb. How do you get the blood of the lamb over your sin and washing away your sin? Through your repentance. You can go to church until you look like a pew. Smell like one. That's not what's going to get you saved. That's not what's going to get you healed. In Mark chapter 5, it's a passage I just preached on on Maui. I had so many people say, oh, pastor, that word. I think I've preached from the text probably 25 times plus Mark 5. When we came in the church, there were messages like this that were preached. I've given you notes. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to stick to them. So if with notes you don't get the blanks, just pray in tongues. God give you a word of knowledge. You fill that thing in, all right? If you wander out of the way of understanding, you'll rest in the congregation of the dead. Karen, as I was saying in her telling her testimony briefly, um, she was, ended up following two gurus and had tremendous spiritual encounters, but they were demonic in nature. Because any spirit, as it says in John, 1 John, any spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. So if you have an encounter, a supernatural encounter that doesn't give glory to the Lord, or you have an angel that comes and visits you and allows you to worship that angel, or, you know, we've talked about cults, we've talked about false religion and idolatry. You can have things that happen that are supernatural. It doesn't have the stamp of God on it because it's supernatural. Paul says to the church in Corinth that even the, the devil comes as an angel of light seeking to, to devour, kill, and destroy, to deceive even the elect if that were possible. So signs and wonders and miracles are not a criteria for, for, the, for the power of God. The expression of the kingdom of God is in power, not in, not in word, but in, but in deed, or just, just his word. Power, demonstration of the spirit. Everywhere Jesus went, Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, so went Nazareth who went about doing good and healing sick, healing the sick and all that were oppressed of the devil. 
So yes, Jesus did miracles, and you're going to see in Mark 5 here in just a moment that he's a deliverer, he's a miracle worker for sure. But those who work miracles among us, those who flow in miraculous power must give glory to the Lord because if you don't give glory to the Lord, then you're going to end up actually being used by demonic power. And there's, there's demonic power, there's, the, there's a human potential movement. You know, we don't usually name, name names, but you know, is it Tony Robbins? Yeah, it's not of God. You walk on coals as much as you want to. It doesn't give glory to Jesus. Well, they say God. I've had, you know what I'm talking about? People say, oh, I give, give glory to God. What's his name? His name's Jesus. You got to give glory to Jesus, not just God. God, there's a lot of gods. I said, there's a lot of gods. Paul talked about Jesus whom we preach. There's another Jesus that's preached by others, a Christian consciousness, and on and on and on. How many of you know that Allah is not the God of the Bible? Did I just step in something? Good. Let me see if I can move my feet around just a little bit while I'm in it. Allah is not the God of the Bible just doesn't line up with the revelation that's found in the word come on lift your hands to heaven so it's services like this that we went to <laughs> that changed our lives somebody gonna get free tonight somebody gonna get healed tonight somebody's gonna get set free by the power of the name of Jesus for the glory of God almighty and Jesus is his name Jesus is his name I bind gag and muzzle every demonic manifestation. I take authority over darkness that would come to try to interrupt. I take authority over the assignment of the enemy to try to distract. I take authority over that smartphone spirit, that Snapchat spirit. (laughs) that Instagram spirit, that direct message, the DM spirit. Take authority over every single distraction. Lord, help each of us to have ears to hear and a heart to respond. Speak with great clarity in Dillingham tonight, in Naknek, in Bristol Bay tonight, in Florida, in Michigan, in Missouri, in California, wherever you are online, lift your hands just like we are right here your hands. Now, Holy Spirit, you are the one that does the work. You've given me this message and tattooed it upon the fleshly tablets of my heart by your very finger. I pray move in power tonight. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, go ahead and do it now. Ready, set, go. Come on, don't stop.
do it. Thank you, worship team. Man, you guys are amazing. better quit that. I'm just going to keep going. can usher in the presence of God or usher out the presence of God. Leadership either brings the ark to the house or leaves it in Abinadab's house for 20 years. Mark 5, <laughs> my God, <laughs> oh, it's good to be home, Mark 5, verse 1, New International Version, usually we stand, just stand up on the inside, it's fine, and they crossed over the lake. So the region of the Gadarenes, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs. From where? The tombs. He came from a, a graveyard. He came from the tombs to greet him. This man lived in the tombs. He lived in the graveyard, and no one was able to bind him anymore, which means they had made many efforts of binding him not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Nine day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. 
When he saw Jesus from a distance, he fell. He ran and fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted at the top of his voice. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God. I like that part. Swear to yourself. He doesn't say that, but anyway. Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again to send him out of the area. Out of the what? Out of the area. Not to send him out of the area. Verse 11. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission. I like that also. And the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. And the herd was about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and all the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw a man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well, verse 17. And the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. I'm gonna go all the way with this, verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him to go with him. And Jesus said, he did not let him, but said, go to your home and your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Father, thank you for what you've done already, for your presence that's very real, tangible here in this place. Thank you for all those online, those that'll listen in the future, the hundreds that you've gathered here in the middle of the week that have come from afar, drove driven in from Anchorage, people come from the north, from Talkeetna, people driving to be here to receive from you the living word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will remain forever. You stand over it to see it perform. So this, this evening, release living understanding and revelation to each of us and do all that you want to do in this place online as well. Let us be forever changed. Awaken us to the reality of the power of your kingdom, our role in it, as we're brought to a choice and a decision by the end of this simple message. Do it, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I was saying about Pastor Karen and I, we had many services, services that we would come to where the power of God was, it's, it was just expected. Honestly, we really didn't know church any other way. Karen certainly didn't, and I didn't either. I had seen some things before. I've known dead church, but 1995 and the power of God hit our church, something changed. It was always a spirit-filled church, 
but there was a greater freedom. And out of that, that time, there's now 400 churches around the world starting to be 1,200. We are, that's our goal the next four years. By 2025, we'll have 1,200 churches. See, seriously? Seriously. And it's by the power of God. How is it that 12, 12 men turned a whole city upside down? How is it that 120 in an upper room, basically what they did is the reason we're meeting tonight? How, how is that possible? It's the power of the Spirit of God. And here you see the kingdom of God put on display. This demonic assignment comes really in the storm. It's the verses just before. Let's go over the other side. This is uh, chapter 4, verse 35. Leaving the crowd, they got into a boat. A furious squall, there's a key right there, verse 37, came up. The waves broke over the boat. It was nearly swamped. Jesus is in the stern sleeping on a cushion. How come he's sleeping in a storm? Because he went to early morning prayer. Amen. He's sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and said, Be quiet, be still. And the wind died down and, the, and it was completely calm. How many of you know if God had sent the storm, he wouldn't be rebuking himself? The storm is a demonic assignment. There's storms that come from God, storms that don't come from God. And so the storm is really the first key here of a demonic assignment trying to hinder Jesus from breaking open a new region. And I'll tell you that when God calls you to a new place or calls you anywhere, when he calls you to a place like Texas, you're going to Texas here soon. Think you're going to waltz in there with your unitard and a flag? It's not going to happen, man. Amen? You're like, what's a unitard? I'm not sure. It's kind of like a leotard. Anyway, not that you're into leotards and flags. Just saying, it's not gonna, it's not a walk in the park. You're gonna have to, you're gonna come against some stuff. And we say, man, it was so difficult. Yeah, duh. You're gonna set the Decapolis free. You're gonna release 10, 10 cities are gonna get set free. Come on. Sometimes we think that we can just walk into stuff. You're not gonna go to Amsterdam? Yeah, we're going to Amsterdam. We're gonna plant a church in Amsterdam. Is there warfare right now? Yeah. Is it going to get thicker? Yes. You know what else is going to get thicker? The cloud of the presence of the Lord and the favor of God and the power of God and the authority. So are you going to take Eagle River? Yes. Need a new building? Go get it. Call it in. In the name of Jesus, give us a building in Eagle River. There's warfare. There's, there's wind and the waves. Some of you didn't get to the other side because you're like, it's, the wind is blowing and there's waves. Quit looking at all the wind and the waves. I know it can be scary. It can be brutal. I know it looks like maybe you're going to be swamped. Just get some authority. If Jesus is in your boat, now if he's not in your boat, you're fried. Raise your hands and say, oh, he's in my boat. And he's not in your boat. You get him in your boat tonight. 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 Get him in your boat. Tonight, West Side Story for all of you who wanted to know where that came from. 
And so he rebukes the wind and the waves. You got to stop looking at wind and the waves and you've got to look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He comes to the other side. This is the verses that we read. And you see this picture of tremendous demonization and the horror of demonization. Demonization is horrible. And I'll just tell you that most, most in the community are demonized to some degree. Now, that, you might think that's a shocker, but that's my personal experience. Most teenagers are defiled. I'm not saying all. You might be part of the ones that aren't. Defilement comes to every single person, believer or unbeliever. What are you going to do to quote Dr. Janelle Morocco? What are you going to do when you get defiled? Oh, no, I'm going to get defiled. No, you've already been defiled. What are you going to do? Everyone needs their feet washed. So this text, you see really striking similarities. And we could interview Nurse Jan, Minister Jan. She's seen so much. Can't talk about it. HIPAA rules and all that. But the horror of what you see as a nurse, the horror of what you see as a doctor, and I'll say the horror of what you see as a pastor, if you're in counseling, if you spend time with people, you know, so many live in a bubble. They're like, I remember when we did, what was it, Hell House. We did Hell House, and they wrote an article. Now, Hell House was a, it was a, uh, a play, a production, an expose of the demonic using actors to show how demon powers behind suicide. Suicide's a spirit. Come on, you all know that in the village. We've got villages on tonight. Suicide's a spirit. You start hearing voices about you shouldn't be alive, you shouldn't be here, you ugly, you stupid, you dumb. Shut that thing up. That's not God. That's not God's voice. And so we did this expose about suicide, about abortion, and uh, domestic violence. Drugs, and we had somebody, uh, uh, satanic worship, we had a a well-meaning citizen come through, and they nicknamed us the Brackenites. They they, they wrote an article in the newspaper and says, you know, it's one of the first things we did when we got here, Bracken has brought horrible defilement to our community. And I thought, you have got your head in a very dark place. Some of you thought I was going to say something else. You need to have your mind renewed. Come on. This is a picture, and we'll look at it, and it's in your notes. It's a picture, a snapshot. I could say a, snap, a snapshot of the community in dark places. I know you don't see this everywhere, but it is lurking behind doors and dark places. There is demonization. It is real. The devil is real. And God is more than able to do it. It's like an ant fighting with a boot. Ant, boot, ant, boot. That's about how that is. Some of you think, oh, the devil, he's just stopping God. Zoroastrianism is a false religion, and it, and it attributes the same power of God and the devil, and they, they like arm wrestle each other all the time. That's not Christianity. Lucifer was tossed out of heaven, 
And one angel, not a big band of angels, one angel with one big chain in the book of Revelation is going to wrap it around. The, 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 what did he call it? What did Perry Stone call him? The, the cleft foot. Slew foot. He didn't call him slew foot. Split foot. Yes. I love that. He's going to wrap that one chain around old split foot. <laughs> Throw him in the lake of fire. Just one angel. It's not, it's not an arm wrestling competition. All right, let's look at this. He shows up. The enemy tries to, there, there really is a region. There's a territory on the line. I think that is really what's behind it all. The Amsterdam is where God's trying to reach, right? Follow me. So he sends a storm to, you know, the devil sends a storm to keep him from getting to Amsterdam, to, get, to keep him from getting to Cleburne, to keep him from getting to our 1,200 other locations. And a new region is about to be opened up by Jesus. And a territorial spirit, and I'll prove that here in just a little bit, tries to stop the outbreak of God. You, how many of you know you can't stop God? And so it starts with the storm, and then in chapter 5, he shows up, and here's the man who's going to become this amazing evangelist. Man comes to him having an evil spirit. He came from the tombs. He lived in a cemetery. It's a picture of demonic fascination with death. When you are demonized, when you are working with people that are demonized, when you're around the demonic, it has death all over it. There's a spirit of death that comes, tries to come on people. There's just a fascination with death, injury, uh, murder. There's darkness all around it, and that really is true. And so if you're fascinated with, or you're, there's a, um, uh, you, you dwell on it. In your mind, there's thoughts of accidents. In your mind, there's thoughts of, uh, of despair and death frequently. Okay, you need to be healed. Let me say that again. You need to be healed. You know, COVID came with a spirit of fear that was so wicked, it would have you planning your own stinking funeral. That's from the devil. I had times in the depths of our COVID experience, the blasted Chinese virus, where I'd be like, gosh, who's going to pastor the church? And then I'm like, God, shut up! I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What am I going to do? My kids aren't even grown. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. What am I going to do? Lord, no. In Jesus, shut up. Come on, someone say shut up. <laughs> I want to hear a funny story. I got to preach for the Marshallese in, in Maui, and they're having a move of God. They invited me to be uh, to open up their conference that they had there. So we walk into a sea of 800 uh, Micronesians roaring in tongues. It was on a Sunday at 1.30 in the afternoon after we had gotten up at 4.30 and served all morning. We go to this afternoon service. I, I didn't get to sleep like Jesus did with a cushion in the back of the boat. There was no nap that day. Came into the service and they were roaring in tongues. The power got hit. Pastor Karen and I, we literally stumbled against a wall. Ushers came to help us. And we could not walk into the rest of the service for the power of God. And it was because they were praying in the spirit for like four, a half an hour before we got there. We had, you know, they're having revival and, and Pastor Dotson attributes it to a five-year, 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week prayer meeting. It doesn't end. It's five years straight. I think they've gotten a key. We're going to get there, Jesus' name. 
So I was talking about how you need to tell the devil to shut up and trained everybody. Shut up, shut up's a major curse word in the Marshallese, the Marshall Islands. So <laughs> kids were loving it. Shut up, hey, shut up, hey. And the parents were like, ah, shut up. You know, trying to obey the preacher, trying to tell it was, it was really something. Got to watch out when you're in another language and culture. He comes out of the, the cemetery, picture of fascination with death. He, uh, he's, got, he's got no self-control. He has no self-control. Some of you don't control yourselves. Oh, you might be able to do it now. By the way, if you don't control yourself, somebody else will control you. Is that going to happen here? Yeah, if you lose control, I've got security, armed security, different locations. Oh, yeah, trained. Mute the stream. Tell me when it's muted. Raise your hand. All right. Welcome back. We're so glad. Come on, lift your hand. See, you should have come tonight. You should have. Yes. No self-control. If you don't learn to control yourself, come on, a fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That's not Self-control? Yes, I got it. Thank you. Here, here's another one. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. So this man, this, this man who comes, who's demonized, who comes to Jesus, we find that he's, he's got no self-control. He's like a wild maniac. You know, you need to learn to train your kids. If you let your, we don't, we never let our kids have full blast temper tantrums. You're going to control yourself. You're going to eat spinach and you're going to control yourself. Some of you know where I'm going. What do you mean? What if they don't like spinach? You need to learn to do things you don't like. Because if you don't, you'll cater to your flesh all your life. And then you'll be a man, you'll be a woman that all they do is led by their emotions completely out of control. Some of you are like 45 years old and you still can't control yourself. You need to get set free. You can't keep your hands to yourself. Anyway, it's a picture here of this no control. It's a picture of, it's a picture of demonic. A picture of, the, of, of failure. Oh, look at this. I, I had you emphasize, had it emphasized when I was reading it. No one was strong enough to subdue him. There was no church. There was no one walking. The, well, it was before there was a church. I know, but I'm making a point. The point is, is that nobody had the power to set him free. One of the reasons we have such a demonized culture is the church has been hamstrung with powerlessness and, and relegated to some cute teaching for 30 minutes that has no power. I'm gonna tell you, if you came in this place tonight and you came, you wanna get set free tonight, you came to the right place. You wanna keep your devils, you wanna stay bound, that's up to you. I made a decision a long time ago, I don't want no devils in my life. I don't want to be bound by anything. I'm not going to have any spirit trying to control me. You say, I'm a Christian. I can't have a spirit. I love what the one preacher said. Is a Christian can have anything he wants to have. Oh, no, light and darkness can't dwell together. How, what do you know about spiritual spatial reality? You, you, we don't even know how planets don't crash into each other. He said, we can't live in you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit lives in you. Okay, so it's sitting on your head, defecating. You should probably get it off your head. Amen? Can you say a better amen? 
And it's this picture that whatever they had wasn't enough to set Junior free here. I don't think it's about to get real up in here. Now, this next thing, birds of birth of a, the birds of a feather syndrome. What are you talking about? Well, if you look at this story in Matthew uh, in Matthew eight, it's also found Matthew eight. It's also found in Luke eight. Uh, you'll see that there's two of these guys. Say, so why is that? The, the 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 gospels are told. Mark is Peter's amanuensis. He wrote the stories of Peter's preaching as Peter preached it. And you'll find there's, there's commonality. That's why they're called synoptic. The synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's, there's a commonality in them. John is very different, the book of John. So they tell there's, there's common story. This story is also found, this event, this historical event, is also found in Luke 8 and in Mark 8. And there you see uh, how there's two. And I put in your notes, and I want to bring your attention, birds of a feather syndrome. I have found this. Oh, I'll just give it, I'll give a a more meaty illustration. A number of years ago, uh, in talking with and reading an article about these counselors that counseled people who had come out of homosexuality, they would basically say, "We, we could go into churches and find people who were struggling with that and instant pick them out instantly. That they would be able to go into a church, into an environment and say, oh, that person struggled with homosexuality. Then they would hit on them. They got, all, they got, they got their, their uh, thrills by getting, you know, a guy who had not gone that way or a girl who'd gone that way. And I've found in, I've found in my 20-something years of ministry You'll see people who have gotten off of drugs, somehow they miraculously connect with the other person who's still on drugs. You'll see people who have got a spirit of lust connect with another person, a spirit of lust. And I, I call it a birds of a feather syndrome. And they're, come on, they, they just, the demonic attracts itself. It, it, you, can put, you can put one person struggling with a particular thing in a, in a group of people, and somehow they end up right next to the other person who's trying to overcome it. And then they I've seen it over and over. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. It's crazy. That's evidence of the demonic alone. Birds of a feather syndrome. I made that up tonight. This nakedness, it, it talks about him being naked. Well, you know, in the final verses of Mark, it says he was clothed, right? So before that, obviously, he's not clothed. If you read... In the composite picture, uh, Mark 5, uh, Matthew 8, Luke 8, you see he's naked. And nakedness is also a picture of sexual corruption. I mean, everything is sold in our culture through sex and through, through nakedness. You know what I found? I found when people don't dress appropriately, they say, listen, you can say all that you want about that. Well, you know. You can wear what they want to. I found this. When I'm in a, a place and I meet people for the first time and I'm introduced to somebody and they say, this is Pastor Daniel, and they're all out like that. Can I just say that? Is that okay? Or they're just wearing too, they're too much is exposed. I've found that they are constantly like, 
Oh, it's nice to meet you. No, really, I have. They're, they're covering up for, for where they feel shame. But once they found out, they were all right with it before. Then they found out, you know, maybe they have a Christian background. I love what Perry Stone said. You can't be convicted about what you don't know about as, as, as the truth. It's interesting. Nakedness is a p- picture of sexual corruption. You know, porn affects the brain. And they say it affects the brain like drugs, that it's a drug. They call it the new drug. There's a, there's a number of ministries out there doing quite well, to helping people get set free from pornography. You know, you used to have to go to a magazine, get a magazine back in the day, go to the five and dime or not anymore. You have this. It's a cesspool. It can be a, it can be a cesspool right to your heart. I mean, right now, you could go on and look at defiling stuff right online. Do you know that there's a whole group of people? What's up? Texas is online. Do you know so the smaller state to the south? Do you know there's a whole group of people? There's a whole group of people uh, in this millennial movement age, I should say, or the millennials. They, they need counseling because they can't be intimate in their marriages now without looking at a screen because they've, they've gotten their, their uh, thrills from a screen for so long. Can I say it that way? That now that they get married, they can, there's no connection. So literally, people are together watching. Oh, am I upsetting you? I'm upsetting some folks. Welcome to Kings. I don't even hardly get started. It's my life. I can do what I want to. Sure you can. You can go to hell if you want to, too. You can get set free. You can be bound. You can be troubled. You can be addicted. You can have a nasty marriage. You can have a beautiful marriage. You can, have, you can be healed and whole. It's up to you. He, he brings a, a, a crazy, bald-headed guy like this to preach to you. You're the one that came. I'm trying to help you. you come on. I'm trying to help you. I bind demon power now, right now. You can be set free from pornography. You can be set free from every kind of addiction. You don't have to stay in that place anymore. Tell the devil to shut up. Come on, tell him. Ready? One, two, three. Shut up in Jesus' name. Say it again. Shut up. Yeah, some of you need to tell yourself to shut up too. The devil, he just makes me do it. No. No, you partner with him. He might tempt you. This nakedness, picture of of sexual corruption. Um, Mutilation here, this self-destruction is a picture of the demonic too. He cuts himself with stones, verse five. Day and night, among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Self-hatred, mutilation, torment, drugs. Drugs is like a slow suicide. Sniffing glue. I made a deal. I, 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 for those of you that want to, would you make this deal? And you don't all have to do it, but it's, it's a deal I made with the Lord a long time ago. If I'm at a register or I'm somewhere and I see cut lines on someone's arm, it's over. What do you mean it's over? Whatever I'm doing, my plans have changed. They need to hear Jesus, especially if they're like fresh, you know. Usually people that do that, they hide it under 
under socks that are up to here, and they never wear shorts, they wear pants, and you might be here tonight. I'm not trying to shame you. I know why people cut themselves. People cutters, they're called cutters. People cut themselves, and they say this when interviewed, and after they get set free, they say this, Pastor, the reason I cut myself was I was in so much pain that when I cut myself, it took away the emotional pain because I could feel the pain of where I cut myself more than the pain that's in my heart. It does not need to be that way. That is not God's plan. Jesus is a deliverer. The deliverer is here. Can you say that? The deliverer is here. See, that's why we need a massive revival. We need a massive outpouring of the Spirit. Not just here, all over the place. A real outpouring of the Spirit where people turn from darkness to light. Where people reject the guilt, the shame, the demonic, the drugs, the sex, all of that, and begin to come to live in a way that God's intended, free, healed, whole, delivered. That's why we do what we do. That's why we have a school. That's why we work all the hours we work. It's, I, didn't come, I didn't come to Alaska because I like the mountains. I do like the mountains, but that's not why I came. I didn't come here for a job. Let me tell you that. I'd have quit in the first year. Be like, oh, we can sell cars or do something better. This is crazy. I ain't doing this. No, God called me here. And listen, either you're here because God called you here, or you're here because you're disobedient, or you're in process. You know, you can be in process, still be in the will of God, not knowing which way you're going, you're just kind of waiting, praying. If you've been disobedient, run, take your little feet, run right back to Jesus, repent, and get the fresh orders where you're supposed to be and get there. If you're here, come on, God is, I think it's Acts 17, he's, He's put the boundaries of our lives and set us here. I believe God set us here. I, I know God sent me here. I mean, I love the fish and can't wait to go fishing and I love eating salmon and all that. But I've been sent, we've been sent for an outpouring of revival. That's why we're here. That's why you're going to Cleburne. Going to Cleburne. Amen. Why? For revival. Why are you going to Amsterdam? Are you going to go blend in with fresh hashish? In the red light district, that's not what's happening. Amen? Can you say a better amen? All right. We got to have a revival. And I, I want to say other th one more thing, and then we'll move on to uh, this picture of Jesus as a deliverer and what it means for us. And I'm, I'm not going to go long tonight. Probably just another 10 minutes, and then we'll pray for people. Um, legion, for we are many, is a, is a picture of, of a, it's a composite picture of the demonic. I mean, you all know what a jigsaw puzzle is? I've found this, that in the lives of, in the lives of people, that demonic bondages overlay. And many of them start when they're young through trauma and different things and abuse perhaps or things that happen in the family. Some of them are generational, passed even on from, from the generation of the sins of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation. And it's this composite picture, this legion for we are many. There's a, a clusters of problems. And uh, you can study that. I, I would say seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't get tied up into trying to study demonic um, demonic manifestations of all, all that, but it is true that there's a, that many people have this like um, cluster or 
uh, uh, jigsaw-working composite problems. And that's a picture of Legion. All right. Verse 7. Look at verse 7. It's about to get good. In verse 7, He shouted at the top of his lungs, what do you want to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high? Jesus is known and feared by the devil. I want you to say that. Jesus is known and feared by the devil. In verse 10, he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. That is a picture of territorial demonic assignments, or some would say principalities, but a definitely a territory where the, the de- this particular set of devils, legion, doesn't want to leave the area. He likes it there. There, I found this, and there are uh, demonic assignments over areas. And there are different groups back in the early 90s. Mom, you were a part of him with spiritual mapping and George Otis Jr. and the transformation videos. I just said a whole mouthful. It's worth writing down and watching all the transfer, transformation videos. George Otis Jr., I think it's the Sentinel Group. I think it's what it's called. And they would do this spiritual mapping. And I didn't really understand that until I went door to door in a section of Kahului all those years ago. And I would knock on the door and, and, and a certain group of people would answer. Their yards looked a particular way. And there were certain idols in those homes and there was a feel about that house and about that area. It, it just felt, I don't know how else to say it, different. It, it's, does anybody know what I'm talking about? The best illustration I have is when I was in Jerusalem with my wife. And there's an Arab section, Arab, I got that right? Arab quarter, Jewish quarter. And there's a line in the road, in the middle of Jerusalem. Where are some of my people that went to Jerusalem? You remember this? You guys, you guys ever been in this area? So we stood there with this line. We're in the Arab quarter. Over there is the Jewish quarter. We're like, oh, the Arab and Jewish quarter. And we walked in, it was like, I was like, it was so dramatic that Pastor Karen and I literally went, whoa. It was overwhelming. We did it. We would step over, rush of the Holy Spirit. Step back, decrease. There are territories. There, listen, certain neighborhoods. Oh, I'm about to upset some folks, but I'm going to tell you, it's darker in Willowa. So somebody needs to go to Willowa and beat the fool out of that thing and get, how do you do that? Get people saved, get them healed, get them set on fire. It's not just about a lack of money or a not a nice house. It's a spirit. And it needs to be forcefully evicted. And you can go into wealthy neighborhoods and feel the same thing, but it just looks pretty. So there's these, we, we need to evict every single demonic intruder off of our, our region. One of the things that brings revival in an area is when enough people get on fire for God, it just displaces darkness and an open portal of heaven is released and God pours out his spirit. I think we're really close. I think we're close. That God's people are turning. Oh, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. He will heal their land. God is sending a revival. He's doing it through you and me. Can you say amen? Jesus has all authority. And he exposes the demonic power because what is, what, what's the first thing the devils do? They kill those pigs. Now, I like pork. I like ribs. I like spam. 
and deviled ham. But this death of 2,000 pigs, that's a lot of pigs. It's a lot of money. They all drowned. It's a picture of what the devil really wanted to do to this man, but was restrained from drowning him. There's, a, there's some mercy here that you don't always see when you read this text. And Jesus transformed the man. He's, he's sitting. It's a picture of him having peace. He's clothed. It's a picture of righteousness. It says he's in his right mind. That's what God will do with you. That's what God has done with me. That's what God has done with Pastor Karen and so many of you here that we are able to sit clothed in our right minds. Mostly. And Jesus came and saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. No more cutting, no more screaming, no more yelling. Keys, please. Uh, just band members find the same flow. Amen. God's speaking to us tonight, and here's the question. You'll see at the end of this, you see two groups of people, and I'm going to ask you, which one are you going to be? Two groups of people. You see this man who basically gets set free, and the question to you is this. Will you accept or will you reject the deliverer in your life? See, when I understood, and I heard it just through some great preaching and teaching, when I understood, huh, I still might have some issues. Listen, the devil goes to church. The first thing that Jesus did, he cast the devil out of that, that man with the shriveled hand. He's in the synagogue. Will you accept or will you reject the deliverer in your life? And then as a believer, look, I, I'm serving God for a few decades now. Well, a couple and a half. First came in our church in 1992, so we're almost 30 years. And in that course of time, I have found that the enemy would try to creep back in subtle ways in my life. And his messages like this that I would answer, the altar call or get prayer, and say, God, oh, if there's anything, God, I don't want anything. And it'd be like, that thing's trying to get a hold of you again. Oh, God. I'll tell you as a pastor, I don't know how you pastor, and I'm gonna be real transparent with you. I don't know how you pastor without a company of believers together. I don't know how. At the end of my phone, I have hundreds of years of ministry experience and prayer and would have an army that would descend upon Wasilla, flying in from all directions if I needed them right now. We pray for each other. We stand in agreement together. We're accountable to each other. And there's been times in this battle, uh, the battle for Alaska, and it is one. One that we've already won. You, you fight from a place of victory. You're enforcing what Jesus has already done. That's Understand, spiritual warfare is enforcing what Jesus has already done. It's not, devil, I take... I don't even like saying it. Don't call the devil out for a fight. You'll get, you will lose. And Jesus already won, so you stand in the place. I know that you know that you've been defeated, so you got to go, 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 go. You got to go, go, go. In Jesus' name. 
You're his ambassador. You have delegated authority. And there's been times as a pastor where I've just hit a wall. I mean, it's, it's almost like, man, I don't know what is going on. I pray and I can't quite get through this building project. I'm gonna tell you, the devil's really nervous, really nervous. Why are you even saying that to us? So you'd pray. You think we just waltz in there and all we needed was money? We got the money. That's, there's other battles now. It's like we killed Goliath and one of his ugly four brothers showed up. I love what Perry Stone said. Good news, there's more stones in the brook. <laughs> I love that. Then you drop that one and you're like, whoo, we finished it. What is that? What in God's name? Give me a stone. And they just seem to keep surfacing. The level of warfare many times indicates the level of, of harvest on the other side. Let your giants prophesy to you. What's he so scared about? What's he trying to defend? I'm going to tell you what, what the enemy's trying to defend here. The Decapolis, Deca 10 cities, 10 cities. There's 10 cities, and you can go and try to study this out, but this man who gets delivered, he accepts the deliverance, and he wants to go with Jesus, and Jesus said, no. Go and tell everybody. Go and be an evangelist. And he goes to the 10 cities and there's a revival. I believe a revival breaks out. In those moments when I, when I can't break through by myself. Well, there's battles. You know, like to take authority over that. I think, bang, it's down. Move on. Praise God. Then, then there's some that come where you, you take authority over it and it's just kind of like not quite breaking. That's where I'm like, okay, hey, Pastor Karen, we got to agree here. We agree. We pray. And there's times where that thing just won't sort of turn loose. What thing? For, it's different for different people. So I don't want to give you a picture of what, what comes to the battle for me or what comes to you. You just need to be, if you're prayed up and you're discerning, you'll begin to see what it is. And it'll show you. And so when we have a battle this way, we pray and agree in the family. And then there's just times where like, man, I just need to call my pastor. Now I call Dr. Morocco. I know how to get him. I know where to get him at certain times of the day. He answers my phone almost every time I call. And he always returns my phone call. He's a true apostle, really. I call him, I'm the 32nd council guy. Hey doctor, thank you for taking my call. I've got a challenge, here it is. One, two, three, four. This is what's going on with me. I need you to pray. No problem, sure, ba, da, ba. That's actually pretty much how it sounds. He prays for me and I have literally heard like the snapping. Everybody ever heard a two by four snap? I've heard things, a crack come off of me and all of a sudden like, I just start laughing and crying be like, well, I don't know what that was but uh, it's gone, let's keep going. I mean, I, I don't understand it. I love all the pictures, but if you just think you can whistle Dixie and everything's all good and just Jesus loves you and you just go on, you have moments of, of, uh, of warfare and you have to learn to fight through that. And there are Gethsemane times where you're all alone, but I'm just so grateful. I've accepted the deliverer in my life. Will you or will you reject him? That's what these other people did. Get out of here. They didn't want Jesus to stay. It's two groups of people. Ones that want, want to accept him as a deliverer and others that want him to leave. Maybe they're afraid he's going to mess up their money. They wiped out the pig business. Are you going to wipe out some other stuff? I'm going to have to give some things up. Listen, whatever you give up for God, he'll make it up to you. 
even a hundredfold. Jesus desires all of us to have a testimony to share. And that's what this man does. He goes and he testifies. And I think he went to set others free. Can you say yes? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.